From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. CODCAST seeks to feature the many people, programs, and organizations working to make our region the best that it can be. Today on the CODCAST, we have a unique opportunity to sit down with Hassan Akrata, former Executive Director at the Southern California Association of Governments and current Executive Director of the San Diego Association of Governments, to talk about his role and what he sees as major areas of importance for Southern California. To add to this, Natalie Akrata, current WRCOG intern, student at the University of California, Riverside, and daughter of Hassan Akrata will be interviewing her father on this exclusive CogCast episode. Hi, Dad. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I never thought I'd be doing this with you before, so this is a good experience. I'm honored that my daughter is doing this. (laughs) Okay, so... um, We want to start this podcast off with a little bit of an introduction about yourself. So what is your educational background and what has been your career path to become the executive director of SCAG and now SANDAG? Okay, thank you, Natalie and Rachel, for being here. Um, My career is a long one uh, in, in, in terms of education and getting here. So born uh, in the middle of nowhere in the Middle East in Jordan. Uh, finished high school and then at age 16 and a half traveled to the former Soviet Union for my bachelor's and master's uh, in engineering. Uh, six years in uh, former Soviet Union where I received my bachelor's and master's degree, traveled directly to UCLA for my master's in civil engineering and then to USC for my PhD program. You know, I'm an engineer, professionally. Uh, I worked for a few months, uh, actually it's a, almost a year, as an engineer. And I was really good at it. But it was so boring <laughs> that I felt I need something else in life. I need to make a change. I needed to do something else. So that's when I went to the planning school at USC for my PhD work. And um, at that time, I, I felt I found myself um, uh, especially living in Southern California where the, the, the challenges of big metropolitan area are so great. And the, the anticipation of solving those challenges are, are as great. And so I uh, applied for an internship uh, at uh, the South Coast Air Quality Management District through through USC. Uh, And I got the the, the internship. And that really was the start of my my career. Um, Natalie, you're an intern now. You know, part of the intern's duty is to make coffee and make coffee. (laughs) She doesn't do that. I do not. I do not. (laughs) Just for the record, let's clarify. I don't get anybody's copy. (laughs) That's not good. They're not doing. Tell Rick Bishop he needs to do better with with his intern. But but um, but I learned uh, that 
probably the most learning experience is being an intern. That not only I expose myself to a lot of um, issues and challenges and, and how professionals solve them, but it also gave me an appreciation of what it takes to address a challenge in a democracy. Um, after finishing my internship, uh, I applied for a job with Metro, uh, which is uh, the County Transportation Commission for Los Angeles County. It's like uh, RCTC, Riverside County Transportation Commission. And there uh, I work as a planner, uh, a very uh, beginner uh, planner, and uh, I I am so honored to say that I was one of the few young planners who actually charted the, the transit system for LA County that you see today. And then uh, from there, uh, I moved to Skag as a senior planner, which was in the same building as Metro. And I um, became the planning director and then uh, became the executive director of Southern California Association of Governments. That was uh, one of the most challenging jobs, but one of the most satisfying jobs. Because I felt how many times in life you get to work uh, on such an amazing issues in an amazing region, an amazing state, an amazing country. And so, uh, SCAG, 14 years, um, I was the CEO, and I felt like I did everything I planned to do. And then um, they approached me here from San Diego to become the CEO of San Diego Association of Government. Uh, and I, uh, here I am talking to you a year later after my job. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a synopsis of my career in education. Yeah. Well, I've gotten to watch your career over my 21 years of life. Um, I've also, I never get tired of hearing this story and uh, where you've come. So um, one of the most important questions I think I want to ask you is, as a leader, what do you think is the most important characteristic that a leader should have? Okay. So, you know, there is a big debate. Is leaders born or they're made? And that debate is not subtle yet. But I would say uh, a leader is a mix of both. You, 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 make, you make yourself who you are by the action you take in your uh, life and in this care in your career. I believe the most important aspects of, of a leader is for leader for people to think beyond what's is, what is, and and start thinking what could be, what's the possibilities. Um, not quite a dreaming, but having a vision. But one important characteristic of a leader, and that helped me through my career, is if a leader surrounds themselves by people smarter than they are and willing to accept and, and debate them, uh, I believe uh, um, a leader can succeed that way. A leader has to always believe 100% that he or she are doing something bigger than themselves. Uh, I honestly, working at uh, San Diego Association of Government, SANDAG, 
not about the money, as, as Natalie knows. It's, it's not about, you know, I had a great career at Skag. I could have stayed there as long as I wanted and I could have made more money. But sometimes it's about doing something bigger than yourself. And I felt San Diego region have uh, greatest opportunities to do great things that are bigger than me. So a leader have to be able to say, I'm doing this because it's bigger than me or anything I will ever do. Uh, I also think, and, and this is where uh, part of my working at Southern California Association of Government at Sandak, I had the pleasure of being able to be an adjunct professor, a guest lecturer, a senior fellow at UCLA. And, and I always wanted to do that because I felt a leader have to give some time to the young generation. Uh, I, I felt like this is so important. Our young kids today, your age, your kids, um, in much need of mentoring. Um, so the senior fellow program at UCLA, I work with two brilliant graduate students and mentor them through it. So far, I did about 20 of them. And when I, I follow these 20, and their careers, they're very successful people, and it it gives me a great satisfaction that they call sometimes and say. So a leader have to look beyond themselves. A leader have to look beyond a narrow scope, and a leader have to surround themselves by bigger people. But the most important character of a leader, you need to be willing to make decisions and accept the risk of those decisions. You know, if you want to be careful in life, you want to achieve things. Throughout humanity, uh, things that matter in history that were made by people who made tough decisions. And at the time, people criticized them for it. Um, you know, people were criticizing, uh, you know, those countries and leaders who stood up to Hitler. But if we didn't, that's not the end of humanity. So that's, that, that's just a summary of what I think a leadership is about. Do something bigger than yourself. Believe in it. Have a vision, make decisions, accept the risk and responsibility of those decisions. I really love that answer, and I think as a as a young person, I appreciate uh, you investing your time into the younger generation. Um, and you talked about SCAG and a little bit of SANDAG, but can you describe in a nutshell what SCAG, um, also known as the Southern California Association of Governments, and SANDAG, known as the San Diego Association of Governments, are, and what do they do? Well, uh, in the 1960s, uh, uh, the United States Congress created uh, what we call today Metropolitan Planning Organization, MPOs. And one of the driving reasons for creating those Metropolitan Planning Organization is uh, the desire uh, to plan for metropolitan area in such a way that goes beyond city boundaries. So air quality, for example, you know, the, the air doesn't stop at city boundary. And, and so you needed a bigger geography to be represented when it talks about air quality. Water, uh, transportation, you know, a freeway goes through several counties, several states, and in this case, in our country, our, our country. So creating those metropolitan planning organizations to deal with regional issues of the scope that no city by itself can deal with. Uh, 
And since the 1960s, that role of Metropolitan Planning Organization has evolved uh, to not only do the transportation planning and the air quality planning, but this became a housing planning. It became a coordination between different forms of government. It became complying with state laws. And so both Southern California Association of Government, SCAG, and San Diego Association of Government, SANDAG, are metropolitan planning organization. SCAG is the largest in the country. SANDAG is one of the largest four in, in, the, uh, in the state and the largest ten in the nation. Uh, so these uh, metropolitan planning organization that we call SCAG or SANDAG, uh, or in this case WRCAG, Western Riverside Council of Government, which is, it's, it's like a SCAG for but a, a smaller area. All those uh, council of government, metropolitan planning organization, have evolved into a place where public policy debate around important issues take place. A debate about the future, uh, a, a proposal for solving the future problems. And not only uh, transportation, but housing and air quality, and urban form, etc. So I believe. Uh, the, the role of Metropolitan Planning Organization and Council of Government has arisen uh, quite a bit in the last couple of decades because, frankly, there's a lot of challenges we face today cannot be solved by a city. And therefore, I believe uh, the, the role of Metropolitan Planning Organization and COGS is going to even be more important and critical in the future. Uh, and it has to be such that uh, it's done through not necessarily authorities, even though they have authorities, but should be done through incentives uh, and, and enticing a public policy debate around the issues. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. And um, also you kind of touched on this a little bit um, where you say that no individual city can solve one specific problem, which is why we need MPOs. Um, but why is it important to look at things from a regional perspective, and what do you find the hardest thing about that? Yeah, first of all, there is challenges cannot be solved at city level, period, in the discussion. California has over 450 cities. Uh, so having um, an entity that looks at a bigger than a city is a must. Let us take the, the most important challenges we face today in Southern California, in California in general. I know later you want to ask, what's the top challenge? I'd say housing. And housing affordability is a challenge. Now, can I expect housing and housing affordability, the biggest challenge facing Southern California, to be solved by a city? No, actually the cities are part of the cause of why we're having uh, housing affordability issues. So it is so critical to have regional entities that says no. It's so critical that the state of California recognized that and created laws like regional housing need assessment and gave it to the metropolitan planning organization, not to the city, and says go implement it. Because these challenges not only cannot be solved at the city level, they are created by the governors at the city level. So 
can can regional issues be solved at the city level? No. Is it what's the challenge then of an MPO? MPOs don't have powers in the political arena. They have authorities from the federal government and the state government. But politically, if you look at Western Riverside Council Government Board, they are the representative of the cities. If you look at the Southern California Association of Government Boards or Sandag, they're mayors and supervisors of the cities and county. When they come to the MPO meeting, they're not going to wear the regional hat. Few of them will, which is great. But most of them will say, oh, I don't care about what's good for the region. I care about what my city wants because I get elected by the city. The biggest challenge by far is having people believe in the mission of MPOs. Even though it's really an easy thing to believe in it, but giving the political system. So how do you go around uh, dealing with that? And obviously, for a long time, there were a debate that I actually tried to instigate a while back when I was at Skag, is should boards of MPOs and COGS be elected directly by the people? Uh, it's an idea that politically not popular with the city almost ran, ran me out of Skag. <laughs> but I believe at one point, if you don't want to directly elect people to lead this agency, you should at least give those elected officials who serve in this agency some guidelines that they have to wear the regional hat when, when they serve, not their city hat. So, you know, the, the biggest challenge is housing is number one as far as I'm concerned. Transportation is number two. Greenhouse gas emissions slash air quality is, is number three. And I don't mean in that order, but these are challenges. And these challenges cannot and will not be solved at anything lower than the COGS, Council of Governments, and MPOs, Metropolitan Planning Organization. Uh, I definitely agree with that um, 100%. And you and I have had a lot of conversation about this um, matter, so we definitely see eye to eye. Um, my next question is to talk about the two agencies that you've worked for. So now you've been a part of the two largest regions in California, the greater six county Los Angeles area and now San Diego. Um, what are some of the similarities and differences of these regions from a planning perspective? Okay, so let me uh, talk about similarities first. They're both created by the same laws, uh, which is United States Congress and then later the state of California designated uh, both SCAG and SANDAG as the Metropolitan Planning Organizations. Uh, they both get funding from the federal and state governments. Um, the major difference between SCAG and SANDAG is SCAG is purely planning uh, agency for the six counties that it represents, largest in the country. SANDAG is not only the planning agency for the San Diego region, it's also the builder. So SANDAG is like RCTC, Riverside County Transportation Commission, Imperial County Transportation Commission, Orange County Transportation Commission, Metro, all put with SCAG, that's SANDAG. So SANDAG, for example, the operation budget for, SANDAG, for SCAG was about 250 million. 
for Sandag is 1.3 billion because we do the construction. That's a major difference. They're so similar in terms of the planning and the challenges and the issues and the housing and transportation, but the responsibilities are different. But what, what, makes, what makes them similar is also what makes them thrive in facing the challenges that face Southern California. What, what makes them different is really more political, is in the political fight. There is more intensive fights at Sandag than was at Skag because not only planning issues are at stake, but now is the actual project, the actual construction of projects. Yeah, I definitely, um, that's why I wanted to ask this question. I wanted to put that into perspective that here at Sandag, construction and building actually goes into the planning process. So for San Diego and LA, what are the challenges that the regions will need to focus on for 2020 and beyond? I know you touched on this a little bit, but if you want to go back over them just briefly. Housing and homelessness. Um, I believe California, the Golden State, is uh, if, you, if taken as a country, California will be the fifth largest economy in the world. There's actually only bigger than them are China, the U.S., Japan, and France. And California will be next in terms of the economic power. But you will be surprised that California has the most, most of the poorest people in the U.S. So how is it that the richest state in the union, the fifth largest economy in the world, have most poverty in the United States of America or any other state? And without being philosophical about it, the, that issue by itself gets to, okay, is people poor because they don't work hard? Of course not. Is people poor because they don't have opportunity? That's also not. But is people poor because we implemented policy to make it impossible for a family to have a roof over their heads that doesn't pay more than half of their income on it? Yes. So I would say in 2020, the whole state and every single MPO on COG in the region need to focus on housing and homelessness and need to separate the stereotype that, oh, you're, you're lazy, you don't want to work, therefore you're homeless. That's not so. No human being, bought, you know, when they were young, says, I'm going to grow up, grow up to be a junkie or be homeless. Uh, yes, there are some people, but that's not the majority. So in 2020, uh, and we're doing it here at Sandag, my hope is we focus in truly solving the housing affordability issue, addressing the homelessness issue, and 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 standing up to uh, NIMPIs, not in my backyard mentality, and and making sure that the poverty level that we experience here in California is is uh, overcome. By the way, Southern California has more poverty than any other place. I'll give you an example. If you, there is 28% of residents in Southern California, only 28% of 25 years or older hold a bachelor's degree, 72%. That number 
in San Francisco area, the Bay Area, is 48%. Uh, there is more people that live in Southern California, especially in the Inland Empire, where you, your CAG is, your council government is. I think we have a responsibility in California to focus on this issue because the LA Times, when I was at SCAG, I, I read an editorial talking about the homelessness. There is about 63,000 at the time homeless people just a mile from where my office was. And I walked by there. And you absolutely see human misery around you. And you wonder, in the second largest city in America, in one of the richest cities that have the Hollywoods and all the beautiful beaches, uh, you see that and you say, why is that? Something is wrong. So 2020 has to be the year where we declare a war in, in homelessness and poverty, I believe. Uh, I think the transportation challenge and the greenhouse gas emission challenge is real challenges, but I think we're making headways. I think the state have uh, the state put forth good laws. Um, MPOs are, are moving forward with them. But 2020 is going to be the year where we're going to figure out this housing issue and housing challenge. Yeah. So then my next question is more so of a follow-up. What do you think is the most important regional issue that you don't think is getting enough attention right now? Do you think that would be housing or are you trying to address something else? Housing and homelessness is not getting enough attention. I mean, I think, no, no, let me take this back. I think it's getting enough attention. Uh, The most important issues that not getting attention is uh, honestly the, the, the fact that most cities in California, and especially in Southern California, are accepting the philosophy that would built out and therefore we can't observe any more people. And so this is not a housing issue. It's a governance issue. Cities are in charge of land use. COGS and MPOs are not. And therefore, I believe, and it relates to the housing, I believe governance and who's in charge of what has to be looked at again in California. I know many of the elected officials who will listen to this will not like what I'm saying. But to continue to say that land use decision lies in the local cities, which is the way our system is, is creating a lot of problems that's hard to overcome. I'll give you a couple of examples. If I'm a rich coastal city, if I live in Del Mar here, but 15 miles north, or Solana Beach. My average home price is about $2 million. As a result of the housing need assessment, we allocated 800 units to Solana Beach. Their answer, we're going to appeal. We don't want to build anything because we can't. And I told them, why can't you? The state law said you could go up, you could build... They said, no, 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 we promised our resident to just do two stories. That's a governance. Who's in charge of land use? That relates directly to housing. And that has to be dealt with, has to be publicly debated um, uh, very soon because uh, you're not going to solve the housing problem unless you establish the governance issue. I really love that answer and I respect your perspective on that. So in the next decade, what do you think uh, Southern California is going to look like? 
I this is a, there is a hope, and there is what uh, the reality. My hope is this: that in in ten years, when you become um, working adults, hopefully you'll, you'll be sitting in my chair, uh, and and many of the to lead the, the nation. I'm hoping in ten years we will close the gap between the have and the have-nots. I'm hoping that the housing affordability issues will be better, and I think it will be. And I'm hoping we will settle the governance issues once and for all. But I also hope that all this economic development uh, that's taking place right now around Southern California, that lead to uh, opportunities, economic opportunities, for those who, who, who needs it more. I really appreciate Governor Newsom and his policies. Uh, he had an initiative called Regions Rise Together, uh, meaning that, you know, there's the coastal California and there's the inland California. And it's like there's two different places. It should be one place. So I'm hoping in the next 10 years, really regions will rise together in California. And, and the economic opportunities and economic benefit would reach every place, whether you're in the Central Valley or in the Inland Empire or the coastal areas. That's my hope. Now, do I think there's going to be a better housing? I, I think uh, I'm being selfish here. I, I, listening to my daughter, who's 21, just turned 21, <laughs> gives me hope. Because uh, when I discuss with her at home about housing and housing, and, and sometimes as a family, my wife and, and Natalie's brother and her, her boyfriend, when we sit down breakfast and we debate, we don't agree necessarily. But it gives me hope that Natalie sticks up to her, to her idea that the, the housing issues have to be tackled by asking the, the, the tough questions, by demanding that mayors and council members do this. So that gives me hope. So I am going to be saying that I think in 10 years, judging by what I hear from you and your generation, I hope you're going to change the world, not only Southern California, to the better. That's my hope. Woo, getting emotional. <laughs> Don't make me cry on the podcast, Dad. Um, <laughs> so my final question for you is, what advice do you have for young, aspiring professionals who want to get involved in regions and make a difference like myself? I started by defining for you uh, what I think a leader is. And as young professionals like you and Rachel, my biggest advice I could give you is always have a plan career-wise. I tell my senior fellows at UCLA and my classes I teach, when they come ask me for advice, I say, tell me where you want to be in five years. Do you want to be a, a, a CEO of um, WRCAG? you want to be a CEO of SCAG? And, and, and if you want to be that, in five years, then work backward. So, okay, for me to be the CEO of Sandag, I need to be a director somewhere, a worker somewhere, an intern somewhere. Have a plan. But also think beyond what's possible. Think beyond, well, this is the way it was. 
and always ask for what it could be. And remember, there is a lot of cynics uh, and people who's going to doubt your ability to move forward as young people. I actually believe in young people. I think you are going to change the world. I remember when Natalie was growing up and she was having an argument with mom, which is usually normal. <laughs> and I was true. watching that argument and I will never <laughs> forget that. And mom, uh, obviously, who loves Natalie very much, said, well, what do you think you're going to do? And she said, mom, Natalie said, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a cure for cancer. <laughs> that was, and she was little. And, and that, I will never forget that because that really where I want young kids to be saying, there is no limit. The sky is the limit. Think of the possibilities. Uh, always care for others. Always anticipate that um, doing things just for your own satisfaction is not going to get you through. So I, I hope I really, I am putting a lot of hope in the newer generation to change the world to the better place. And, and not only in, in Southern California and California, but we're so connected in the world today, globally. I mean, I, I am so humbled uh, growing up and really literally in the middle of nowhere and Natalie happened to visit some of the places I, I grew up in. I mean, you can't even call it a village. It's really a, a small place. And it's very humbling to think that uh, with very humble beginning, uh, I could be here leading the largest MPO of the country and be here at Sandak today. And I, I think that came because my parents, who didn't go to school, Natalie's grandparents, had hope. And I'm hoping that the young kids will have hope and aspiration uh, for changing the world to a better place. Wow, that was fantastic. Dad, thank you so much. And on behalf of WR Cog, I want to thank you. And on behalf of myself, I love you. I love you too. And thank you for WR Cog. And I want you to know that WR Cog, and I hope you, you, the elected officials, listen to me here. <laughs> you guys are lucky to have uh, Mr. Bishop um, leading this agency and hiring such young people. You know, I'm being biased here. But uh, amazing. <laughs> Amazing CAG, I think, is one of the few successful CAGs in the SCAG region, which I helped create in the 90s. So I'm really proud of Rick and, and the staff there and what you try to do. We are too. Thank you so much, Thank Dad. You. Thank you. <laughs>